You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Mark chapter 5. Now, when I read God's Word, I'm going to ask you if you're physically able. Can you stand up while I read God's Word? Everybody say, Teen Spectacular. Teen Spectacular. All right. It is a spectacular thing for you young people to be here tonight. In Mark chapter 5, I want to give you a story in God's Word that always encourages me, and I hope it's a story tonight that will encourage you, because I believe this story is about someone that has something that all of us have in common. And tonight we're going to talk about that, just for, not for a long time. How many of you got homework tonight? All right. How many of you love homework? Say amen. All right. If you love homework, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. You love homework. Turn around, everybody. These are all nerds. All right. Everybody got their hands up. They love homework. How many of your favorite subject at school is lunch? Put your hand up. All right. Put your other hand up. Your favorite subject is P.E. All right. How many of your favorite day of school is a holiday? All right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Turn around. Everybody's hand up. Turn around. Those are normal people. All right. You know what? Whether you like school or don't like school, you be your own person, right? And you do your best. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean you shouldn't do your best. God gave us his best. Mark chapter number five. I want to read several verses from this story and give you a thought that I always love to share with young people because it speaks to me. When I was your age, this was something that would help me and it helps me even at my age now. The Bible says in verse number 20, when Jesus was passed over again by shipping to the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come lay thy hands on her that she may, he she may be healed and she shall live. Verse 24, and Jesus went what? With him. Everybody say with him. With him. Isn't that nice of the Lord? For somebody to have a problem, go with him. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus doesn't just want to tell you how to solve your problems. He wants to go with you. Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman who had, which had an issue of blood 12 years, she had suffered many things, the physicians had spent all she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she'd heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Everybody say, touched his garment. What's a garment? Touched his what? It's clothes. Okay. Another passage of scripture says she just touched the hem of his garment, just a, just a piece, the bottom of his garment. That's all she touched. That's all she could get to. The Bible says, and after she touched his garment, the Bible says in verse 28, for she said, if I touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now listen, while we're reading the Bible, you got to listen. No talking, right? All right. I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body and she was healed of that plague. Jesus in himself, knowing that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told her all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. If you believe the Bible, say amen. amen. Let's pray together. 
Lord, bless our time. Cleanse me of any sin. Empty me of myself and fill me with your spirit. Use the Bible. I don't believe that any of these young people are here by accident or by chance. God, you appointed this time. You brought me here tonight so that I could meet them. You brought them here tonight that they could meet you. God, every prize, every gift card, every game, every dollar, every T-shirt, every game system, every iPod, everything that's given away tonight and tomorrow is for this reason. We want people to be drawn to you. Help us, Lord. Thank you for these church members that are here tonight. Many of them that give every week to their church so that their church can have a meeting like this, so that this building can be open, so that air conditioning can be working, and so that people can come in here and the lights are on so that we can actually sit in a building on a Monday night and hear about the Lord. Please bless. Back home, bless the rest of my children while we're gone. Use the Bible in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Now, at the beginning of this chapter... In verse number one, Jesus enters the country of the Gadarenes. Can everybody say Gadarenes? Yes. Now, when he entered the country of the Gadarenes, this was, a, this was a region of several areas that was all together. Jesus entered this country, and when he entered this area, he was met by a crazy man. Everybody say crazy man. Raise your hand if you've ever met a crazy man. I don't know if you met a crazy man like this man. This man was running around naked. That's crazy. Guess where he slept? He slept in the cemetery. That's crazy. He cut himself up. He, he got chained down. He broke loose. He was foaming at the mouth. The Bible says he had a bunch of demons inside of him. Raise your hand if you think that's crazy. I think being naked's crazy. I think sleeping in the cemetery is crazy. I remember one time I went to a church and I preached and they had a special room where the pastor stays. Well, it was right next to the graveyard. And the whole night I thought, Lord, this is not where I want to be. All right. This fella chose to sleep in the cemeteries. Jesus entered the country where this crazy man was. By the way, aren't you glad that the Jesus we serve isn't afraid to help crazy people? And we're living in a world where people are crazy. Sometimes they can't help it. Sometimes things have happened in their life. They struggle with things that they can't control. Some, sometimes people have done things to them that they didn't want to be done to them. And as a result of it, their mind is out of control. And some people are hurting and they cut themselves or they take their life or they don't like the way they are. And we call them crazy, but to Jesus, they were important. And so he meets that crazy man that day. And that crazy man runs up to Jesus and falls down and worshiped him. Look at, look at me just a moment. He was naked. He slept in the cemetery. He cut himself. He got chained. He broke loose. Nobody in the world could do anything with this crazy man. He was out of his mind. But watch this now. The first time he saw Jesus, he knew Jesus was the son of God. Now, we're living in a world today, I hope you're listening now, we're living in a world today where a bunch of people, many of them are religious, they've got what they call churches, they go and preach all the time, and yet they still don't think Jesus is the Son of God. I'm glad that even a crazy man knew that's not any man, that's the Son of God. Don't ever let anybody tell you Jesus is just a good man, or he's the big man upstairs, or he's just a higher power, or he's just a prophet. No, 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 no. the Bible tells us very clearly, Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus will always be the son of God. What a day it must have been when Jesus entered the crazy man's town. A whole bunch of other people had come from that town and never changed that man. A whole bunch of other people had seen that man and never cared about him. Nobody in the town could fix that man. 
But that day, Jesus entered the crazy man's town, and the Bible says when Jesus dealt with that crazy man, listen please, the next time they saw that guy, he had his clothes on, he was sitting down, and he was in his right mind. Look here, young people, Jesus changed his life. If you don't hear anything I say tonight, please listen, Jesus changes lives. Jesus changes lives. What a, what a sight it must have been for the disciples to watch this man start crazy and get his right mind. Start naked and put his clothes on. Start running around and end up sitting down. I don't know what you came in tonight with. I don't know what's going on in your family. I don't know what's happened between your mom and dad. I don't know how you've been raised. I don't know what you've seen that you wish you didn't see. I don't know what you've gone through. I, know, I don't know what difficulties and burdens you may be carrying that no one knows about. But I want to tell you something. If you meet the Jesus that I know tonight, you can come in one way and leave changed. From here, Jesus meets another person. This person is not like this crazy man. This person is a man who everybody thinks in town is very smart, very gifted. He would be the who's who. Dress nicely educated. Everybody in town would think much of this guy. He's a ruler of the synagogue. A synagogue was like a church in Bible times. And the rulers of the synagogue, they knew a lot of religious things. They were very smart. They were very intelligent. They led the rest of the people in town. So this guy's smart. He's intelligent. He's a leader. He's religious. He's a person that probably has a good job, makes a lot of money, but he's got a problem. He's got a 12-year-old daughter at home, and none of his intelligence, none of his money, none of his clothes, none of his leadership, none of his salary, none of his influence can fix his daughter's problem. So he leaves the house. He doesn't go to the bank. He doesn't go to the store. He doesn't go to the shopping place. He doesn't even go to the doctor. He goes to the one place that has the one person that can solve his daughter's problem. Guess where that place is? That place is at the feet of Jesus. It's amazing that this crazy man got his problem solved when he bowed down to the feet of Jesus. And now this man with a, with a daughter with 12 years old, she's getting ready to die. He finds what he needs at the same place that the crazy man found what he needed, at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, my daughter's gonna die. Please come to my house and help my daughter. Jesus was a busy man. Everybody wanted to see Jesus, but he cared about this one man, and he went with him. So now Jesus and the man are walking towards where this man's house is to help this man's daughter. He's already fixed the crazy man. Now he's on his way to help this 12-year-old girl. And while the two of them are walking to his house, Jesus is met by a third individual. First guy was a crazy man. Everybody said crazy man. Second guy was a ruler. Everybody say ruler. ruler. Now we've got a third person. She's a woman. And the Bible describes the woman this way. She has an issue of blood. Sometimes terms in the Bible are terms that we don't use today. So we hear words like issue of blood and we think, what's an issue of blood? Well, she was bleeding internally. And she was bleeding to the point it could not be stopped. She had a problem she couldn't fix. 
This woman didn't go to the doctor that day. This woman didn't go to her friend that day. This woman didn't go to some preacher that day. This woman went to the same place that the crazy man went. This woman went to the same place that the ruler went. They found out what they needed at that spot. That other person found out what he needed at that spot. And she said, I've got to go to the same place. She met that day where the other two met at the feet of Jesus. But she didn't meet with a scheduled appointment. She didn't meet having been set up to see him by herself. She showed up on a day when a bunch of people showed up. The Bible says they thronged Jesus. Have you ever seen people screaming and yelling over some celebrity or some athlete they want? And they're, they're screaming his heart. Oh, that's their favorite singer. That's their favorite athlete. Thronging paparazzi style. Well, this was what was happening around Jesus that day. Everybody seemingly in town was getting to Jesus. And yet here's this woman saying, I got to get there, but there's a bunch of people. Somehow in Mark chapter 5, she got there. Now I want you want to focus on these words. She had an issue of blood. Now, sometimes we say in these days, you got issues. Yeah, anybody ever said that to you? You got issues. You know what they say? You got problems. You got problems. You, you put that on your food. You, you put that kind of sauce on your food. Yeah, I do. You got issues. I, I, every once in a while, I run into someone and say, I don't like Chick-fil-A. You got issues. Come on now. You got issues. I, I mean, you, you meet some people say, I don't like fried chicken. You got issues. Are you listening to me now? Somebody says, I like chemistry. You got issues. <laughs> How about this? I leave my phone on ring during service. You got issues. <laughs> hey, hey, look here tonight. I don't know most of your names. I'll never get to visit most of your homes. I don't know your families. I don't know how old you are. I don't know your birthday. I'm not going to fingerprint you. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what's in your bank account. I don't know what kind of car you drive. I don't know where you live. I don't need to. But I'll tell you something I know without even meeting you. Everybody in here has some issues. All of us. Some problems. Some stuff we can't fix. Some, some problems we can't solve. Some, some questions we can't answer. Some struggles we can't fix. We're living in a crazy world with a lying devil. And we were born with a sin nature that never wants to do right. Mama didn't ever have to teach you how to do wrong. How many of your mothers said, now listen to me, Johnny. I'm your mother and I want to tell you, this is how you disobey me. No, 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 no. Somehow you already knew. We're sinners. We've got issues. I'm looking at teenagers tonight. Thinking right, that's hard. Talking right is hard. Choosing the right friends. Making the right decisions. Going to the right college. Obeying your parents. Respecting your authority. Making good grades. Coming to church regularly. Picking up your Bible every single day. Praying to God. Staying away from things that will pull you aside. Making sure you're not listening to the wrong kind of music. And you're not clicking on the wrong kind of websites. And making sure you don't have things like bitterness and grudges and jealousy and envy and pride inside of you. The list goes on. Because we're sinners in a crazy world with a lying devil. Unfortunately, we're sitting in the room tonight. Whether 
whether we rode on a bus, whether we got picked up, whether our parents drove us to school, whether our parents are together, whether our parents are divorced, whether we're raised by our grandparents, whether we go to a Christian school, a private school, or a home school, let's just keep it real tonight. We all got issues. What made this lady different was not that she had an issue. What made her different was she knew where to take her issue. I want to tell you why Victory Baptist Church is having a teen spectacular. Not because we don't have problems. Everybody's got problems. The pastor's here tonight. He's got issues he's got to deal with. Every one of these folks, the man up here, Brother Nathan, he's leading. It doesn't mean he's perfect. He's got issues too. I'm pastoring and I'm teaching you tonight. I've got issues tonight. We're not here to tell you we're perfect. We don't have it all together, but we're here to tell you we know somebody that does. We know a God who has it all together. And I want to tell you something. Everybody in here has got issues, but I know one person here tonight that doesn't have issues. His name is Jesus. He doesn't have any issues. So he can handle every issue in this room. You may have a 30-pound dumbbell you can't curl, but I'm telling you something. There's nothing that God cannot do. So tonight, for the next few moments, I want to challenge you to bring your issue to Jesus. Whatever it is you're struggling with tonight, Whatever it is you're going through. I was a youth pastor, for a long, youth pastor for a long time, and I found out teenagers have issues. They don't always talk about it. They don't always admit it. They don't always tell everybody. But every single one of you is struggling with something tonight. I'm here to tell you there's a Jesus that can handle your issue. Now, what made her bring her issue to Jesus? Very quickly tonight, I want to take some factors from this story and challenge you tonight. They apply to you. I believe she brought her issue to Jesus, number one, because she was conscious of his activity. She'd heard about him. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 27. When she had heard of Jesus, turn to the person beside you and say, have you heard? No, no, say it nice and loud. Have you heard? L listen, she had heard of Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what she heard, but if we look in Mark, we can find out there were some things that Jesus had already done that she probably heard about. Maybe she heard, this man, Jesus, went to a wedding. They ran out of wine. He turned the water into wine. Nobody does that. Maybe she heard, this man, went up to a, this man, Jesus, went up to a man whose hand was withered, and Jesus took that withered hand and gave him a whole hand. Maybe she heard, this man, Jesus, takes deaf men and gives them hearing. He takes lame men and gets them walking. He takes blind men and gets them seeing. He takes mute men and gets them talking. He takes lepers and cleanses them. He takes debtors and forgives them. I think that woman had heard there's something about that man, Jesus, that nobody else is like. Can I ask you tonight, 2022, have you heard anything about Jesus? Oh, hey, let, me, hey, let me tell you something. Everybody's heard about the singers. Everybody's heard about the ballers. Everybody's heard about the actors. Everybody's heard about the politicians. Hey, let me tell you something. The best thing going on in Roanoke Rapids is not the politicians, not the ballers, not the actors, and not the millionaires. The best thing going on in Roanoke Rapids is Jesus. She'd heard about Jesus. She'd heard about Jesus. She heard this man change his lives. And oh, oh, guess what? He's in town. I'll tell you why I'd come here tomorrow night. Not for an iPad, not for a bike, not for $1,000. I'd come here tomorrow night because I'm telling you, Jesus is in town. He's in town. He's in this auditorium. Some of you say, I don't see him. I don't see him. Hey, let me tell you something. He's here. He told us in the Bible, if we come together in his name, around his word, he will show up. He may not be where you can see him, but let me tell you something. If you meet Jesus and you obey him, you'll know that he's real. He's kind of like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can sure see those trees blowing, can't you? Jesus may not be someone you can see with your eyes, but you can tell he's at work. 
She was conscious of his activity. Notice, she'd completed all other alternatives. Verse 26 said, she'd suffered many things of many physicians. What's a physician? A doctor. You know what that means? She'd been to many doctors. She wasn't just sitting around with an issue of blood, doing nothing about it. She went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And the best people in town that dealt with bodies couldn't help her. The Bible says she spent all her money. She was broke. She didn't spend her money wasting it. She spent her money trying to get her blood issue together. She was broke. She'd been to the doctor. She spent all her money. She was worse. Her body was getting worse. Why did she bring her issue to Jesus? Quite simply, she'd heard of him, but number two, nothing else worked. Look at me, young people. Nothing else will work. Have all the fun in the world. It's not going to work like Jesus will. The world will get you to try drugs and sex and, 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 and to change things about yourself and, and fix, change your hair, change your eyes. And, and nowadays they even tell you, change your gender. It's not going to make your life better. There's only one person that's going to work. His name is... His name is? Jesus. That's amazing to me. McDonald's puts out a nasty sandwich. People try it. Come on now. Michael Jordan puts out $200 shoes. People buy them. I mean, the, the, the King's Dominion puts out a crazy roller coaster. It looks like it's about to kill you. And people say, I want to die. They got that bungee jumping in the park. I mean, who in the world would get strapped to a rope and just drop? It's amazing. Stuff looks like it's going to kill you and people try it. And yet, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Jesus shows up at Victory Baptist Church and many people right in town won't even try it. For free. For free. When we went to Kings and many of these kids, you could buy a ticket back then for about $29.99. Nowadays, it'll cost you $29.99 to buy a bottle of water in Kings and many. <laughs> Guess what? I've never gone there when they were, there weren't a bunch of people. It's amazing. People will try stuff. Listen to me. Chick-fil-A is the only place you can about go anymore and get as many sauces as you want for free. I went to Burger King. I said, I need an extra sauce. They said, you need 33 cents. I said, you're crazy. <laughs> It's amazing what we'll spend on that will never satisfy us and what we'll never try for free. I want to tell you why you should bring your issue to Jesus tonight. Nothing else works. The world wants you to try everything else. And for some of you right now, you're only 12, you're only 13, you're only 14. You're going to blink your eyes, time's going to fly, you're going to be 18, you're going to be grown, and the world's going to say, try this, and drink this, and smoke this, and go here, and buy this, and sell this, and it's going to look good, and on one side of the door, it's going to say, fun, excitement, and on the other side of the door, it's going to say, misery, death, pain, and sorrow. I know a bunch of kids that used to come to church, and the world said, try it, and they tried it. Some of them in jail, some of them are in hell, because the devil is a liar. Jesus couldn't lie if he tried, and he's too good to try anyway. I'm going to tell you something. You'll never regret, regret trying Jesus. She was conscious of his activity. She completed all other alternatives. Number three, she was committed to accessing him. Listen to this woman talk. She came in the press behind. Ooh. She came in the press behind. You know what that means? She pushed her way through. 
Most of the people that study the Bible say this woman had such an issue of blood that she probably couldn't even walk that day. She probably had to crawl. You want to talk about getting desperate. She pressed. She pushed. How many times do you think she got stepped on? How many times do you think she got laughed at? How many times do you think people said to her, get out the way, woman? Yeah, she was committed. Nothing would stop her. Listen to me. You should never let anybody stop you from getting to Jesus. Oh, don't go to church. Only fuddy-duddies go to church. Let them talk about you. If they came, they'd find out maybe being a fuddy-duddy is a pretty good idea. You're going to go to church. You're going to go back there on Sunday night. You're going to go on Wednesday night. You're going to tell your boss you can't work because you got to go to church. Yeah, because my boss can't do for me what Jesus can do for me. Don't you let somebody tell you not to go to Jesus. She was committed to accessing it. Listen, despite her pain, she crawled that day. Despite the perception in the Old Testament, if you had an issue of blood, people looked down on you. As a matter of fact, they'd put you away out of town for seven days or so because to have an issue of blood was an embarrassment. You think this girl didn't get embarrassed going to Jesus that day? Some of you, you would go to Jesus, but you're too embarrassed on what your friends would say. Don't you let embarrassment keep you from getting to Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you don't know if you died today that you'd go to heaven. Look at me and hear me well. Embarrassment is a silly reason to go to hell. Despite her prior attempts. Despite the fact she tried before, she said on that day, I'll try again. Maybe you're sitting in the room, I've been to church before. I've, 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 I've heard the Bible preached before. I, I, I've done Christian things before. What's the use in trying again tonight? Listen to me. You may have tried before, but have you ever tried Jesus? She was committed to accessing him. Number four, she was confident in his ability. Listen to the words. If I may touch but his clothes. I want you to notice these next four words. I shall be whole. Say it with me. I shall be whole. Say it again. The word whole there means healed. Now watch this up. If I touch but his cloak. Look, 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 look at this woman. She never met Jesus, but she knew enough about what she heard to say this. If I can just touch that man's clothes, I'm going to be healed. Watch this up. He's got more power in his clothes than the devil does in his whole body. Come on, tell you, listen, there's something about a man that's got power in his clothes. Ain't, ain't nobody like him. Come on now. I said, ain't nobody like him. Muhammad ain't like him. Big Buddha ain't like him. His mama Mary ain't like him. The cow that used to be your grandma ain't like him. Listen to me now. The sun's not like him. The moon's not like him. The Pope's not like him. The priest's not like him. LeBron ain't like him. Kevin Durant ain't like him. The movie stars ain't like him. The president ain't like him. All the religious leaders in the world ain't like him. The super hit Batman, Superman, uh, X-Men, Black Panther, ain't none of them like him. I touch but his clothes. She's confident. Here's what she's saying. If I can just get to him. If I can just get to him. It, I, I know enough about, he's got a track record. If I can just get to him. If I can just get past all this mess. If, if I can make sure that nothing stops me from getting, she said, the result is already determined. Nobody gets to him and leaves the same. She was cured of her affliction, number five. <laughs> I'm talking about cured. Everybody said cured. cured. 
What kind of curing, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Look, look at The Bible says, straightway, verse number 29, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. You know what straightway means? Immediately. <laughs> it didn't take Jesus long to fix her. He didn't say, hello, young lady. I see you have an issue of blood. I'm going to write you this prescription. Try it for 30 days. And in 30 days, if you don't see any improvement, come back and I'll write you another prescription. Forget all of that. She touched it clothes and boom, shaka, laka, laka. She was healed. <laughs> Look at me. He can change you tonight. Tonight. Change. Instantaneously. Infallibly. That means it wasn't going to mess up. You go to some doctors and say, you know what, doc? I took that medicine you told me to take in the first couple of days. I was feeling good. But after a week, I started feeling bad again. Or you got these medications that they, you do well. And then afterwards, you got a rebound effect. And then it comes back again. They got some medicine for COVID now. Pax, Paxlovid or something like that that they have out there. You take it and it cures you. But about a week later, you got it again. Who wants something to take something from you and bring it back? Hey, aren't you glad that when Jesus fixed her, he fixed her for good? Instantaneously, infallibly, inexplicably. What do you mean? Couldn't anybody explain it? How in the world was she going to explain? Hey, girl, you sure look like you're much better. I sure am. Tell me how you got fixed. Well, I pushed my way through a crowd, touched the bottom of his clothes, and voila. They're going to be like, come on now, tell the truth. You know what they probably told her? You got issues. <laughs> but that's what happened. Hey, when Jesus changes your life, you can't even explain it. Indubitably, no doubt about it. You, you know what they must have said? You know what? Your story sounds crazy, but I can tell you one thing. You sure aren't the same way you were. Wouldn't it be something if you went back to school tomorrow and people said, you know what? There's something different about you. You talk different. You act different. You carry yourself different. You behave different. Well, what happened? I went up to that church, the Teen Spectacular. I prayed and asked the Lord to come into my heart and save me. And I tell you what, I woke up this morning feeling different than I did yesterday. Yeah, right. You got issues. No, I don't have issues. I got Jesus. You ought to try it. Don't knock it till you try it. Somebody's Say amen. You ever had anybody say, oh, I don't believe you? And then they taste it and said, I don't see what you're talking about. That's why the psalmist said, Taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't learn Jesus by hearsay. You got to try him for yourself. They got these medications now, you try them. They got these fancy medications on television, and they all look so wonderful, and the commercials sound so great, and the two people are walking there talking about this great medication that we've tried, and it's changed our lives. It's always the husband and the wife, the cute little girl with the bow in her hair, and the golden retriever. It's always a golden retriever. Why don't they put a pit bull on the commercial? Well, it's a go Why about a Rottweiler? No, it's a golden retriever because they just look so family-oriented, little wimpy dogs. But anyway... But anyway, there's always this walking down on the beach and this medicine has changed my life. And if you should try this medicine, it'll change your life it, like it changed my life. All my cares have gone away. I was bald. I got my hair back. I was blind. I got my sight back. I was deaf. I got my hearing back. Coming back. Got my teeth back. All of these things that are happening. And the medicine sounds so great till you get to the end of the commercial and a man says, possible side effects, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, high blood pressure, runny nose, sore throat, halitosis, a, a bad odor, ingrown toenail, mumps, measles, uh, and everything else, earwax. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> who wants medication that does one thing good and causes 10 things bad? Aren't you glad that when you come to Jesus, he doesn't give side effects? What a God. Cured of her affliction. Lastly, she confessed them before all. Listen to Jesus. <laughs> Who touched me? Picture now. Y'all watching? 
Look at Jesus. Who touched me? If Jesus had glasses, he probably did something like this. Which one of y'all touched me? Which one of y'all touched me? Let me see. Let me see. Which one? Who, who was it? Who, who touched me? And here go the disciples. They always thought they were geniuses, didn't they? Yeah. Lord, who touched you? Everybody touched you. Well, I'm glad I wasn't Jesus. I would have said, be quiet, dummies. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just a bump against me. No, no, no. Somebody touched me on purpose with faith. Yeah. See, 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 when you touch Jesus with faith, you not only touch him, but you take something from him. What's your stuff? She didn't bump into me. She reached out for me. A whole bunch of people bump into Jesus. How in the world can you live in America and not bump into Jesus? I mean, they put him on the bumper stickers and they, they say his name before they cuss. They bring him up when they win some award that he had nothing to do with. I don't think Jesus for giving me this award. Jesus didn't give you this award if you got it saying a bunch of bad words. How can you live in America and miss God? They print it on the money. But just because you bump into them doesn't mean you change. Listen to me. You don't need to be someone that just knows a little bit. Well, I, I know about God. I grew up in America. It's all over my money. Bump, bump, bump. No, no, no. We need some teenagers at Teen Spectacular not to bump into Jesus, but to come in this building on Monday and Tuesday and reach out and touch him on purpose. Amen. He says, she took something from me. I tell our people all the time, Jesus doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answer. Who touched me? Who touched me? Like he didn't know who touched him. You remember in Genesis, Jesus asked the question, Adam, where art thou? Adam, where art thou? Can you imagine God in the garden? Adam, 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 where art thou? Can you see the huddle in heaven? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all huddle up together. They put their hands in there. Adam. Where's Adam? God the Father says, okay, I'll go look that way. And Jesus says, I'll go look that way. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll go look that way. And the, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, look all over the Garden of Eden for one hour. And after hour, they all come back and say, I ain't find them over there. And the Holy Spirit, I ain't find them over there. And Jesus, I ain't find them over there. Good gracious, we made this garden too big. We can't even find that joker. No, that's not what happened. God knew where Adam was. He didn't ask the question for his own benefit. He asked the question for Adam. Hey, Adam, you know why I'm calling your name? Because I want you to realize you can't hide from me. Listen to Jesus in John 21. Simon Peter, lovest thou me? <laughs> you think Jesus is like a boy asking a girl out on a first date? Do you love me? Do you love me? Will you take me out? Oh, I sure hope Peter says yes, because if he doesn't, who's going to write those two books at the end of the New Testament? No, 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 no. Jesus didn't ask Peter, do you love me? Because he was nervous. He wanted Peter to really think, is it love or is it affection? Is it real? Now let's do the question. Who touched me? The question was fire. Hey, 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 excuse me, ma'am. Are you really going to come here today? Down and out, desperate and messed up, carrying that issue that you can't get fixed anywhere. Are you really going to come up in here, touch me, and get healed and leave without saying thank you? Think twice. Who touched me? And all of a sudden, out of all of that madness, something like this happens. It was me. The, the crowd must have parted right about then. 
then in the middle of all of that noise, a woman steps up and says, I'm the one that touched you. And the Bible says she came and told him all the truth. Now, we can't hear her exact words, but if I were there to that night, pastor, and I heard that woman testifying, I'm just guessing. Now, she may have said it differently than I would say it, but I'm guessing it probably sounded something like this. Folks, y'all may not understand, but 12 years ago, I woke up and I started bleeding. I went to the doctor and I said, doctor, something's wrong with me. The doctor said, yeah, something's wrong with you. Try this. And I tried it. It didn't work. And I went to the next doctor and said, doctor, something's wrong with me. I talked to the last doctor. He gave me something that won't work. He said, try this. And it wouldn't work. Then I went to another doctor. I said, doctor, something's wrong with me. I've been to two doctors. They both gave me medication. You're supposed to be the top doctor. Can you help me? And after three doctors, maybe more, I didn't have any money to go to any more doctors. My bleeding got worse. My problems got tougher. My pain got sorer. But somebody told somebody that told somebody that told somebody that told me that today Jesus was coming through town way before the sun ever came up. I started crawling, took a break, crawled some more, took another break, called some more, took another break, crawled some more, took another break until I got to where I could hear him. I could hear him talking, couldn't quite see him because they were standing up and I was on the ground. But I pushed and said, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Little by little, I got a little bit closer and then I could actually see him, but I wasn't quite there. And I pushed a little bit more through the pain, through all the people that were mocking me and laughing at me. And just a few moments ago, ladies and gentlemen, I got to the place that I could touch the bottom of his clothes. The moment I touched the bottom of his clothes, I felt something I hadn't felt in 12 years. That bleeding was gone. That pain pain was gone. That agony was gone. I crawled all the way up here, but the moment I touched him, I stood up like a happy girl, jumping and shouting and rejoicing. I want all of y'all to know, and especially you, Jesus, to know, I once was messed up, but now I'm feeling a whole lot better. You changed my life. About that time, Jairus, remember that ruler? with the 12-year-old daughter, some people come tell him, hey, sir, don't even bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. Jesus looks at him and says, be not afraid. Just believe. You know what I think helped Jairus believe? That woman's testimony. Telling everybody that Jesus had changed her, she didn't realize that in that group of everybody was a man with a daughter that was about to die, and he didn't need a motivational speech from some television evangelist. He needed somebody with a real-life testimony that Jesus had changed, and there she was. Don't you ever bite your tongue on what Jesus has done for you. Somebody around you needs to hear it. Jesus went to the house of Jairus and called that 12-year-old girl back to life. She sat up. I'd like to have been there when that girl sat up. Talitha Kumai said to the damsel, arise. I'd like to have seen her sit up. <gasps> yes. First thing she probably said was, can I have an eight-pack of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A? She was excited. They said, give her something to eat. Wow. Because that same man that had power over demons and power over diseases, had power over death. I don't know what you got tonight. I know one thing. 
I'm committed to coming to meetings like this. Because I've watched it. Listen, listen, I ain't telling you something I read in some book or I watched on a commercial. I know my Jesus changes lives. If you're here tonight, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. If you're here tonight, you're not 100% sure if you died today that you'd go to heaven. He's here. Yeah. There's volleyballs here and soccer balls here and t-shirts here and thermoses here and gift cards here. And I'm, when you bow your head and close your eyes, I might just take that video. No, I won't. But anyway, there's a whole lot of good stuff here. You can spend, listen, you can spend $1,000 without blinking. And you'll want some more money again. But what Jesus gives you, you'll never run out of. And I'm asking you tonight, whatever your issue is, please bring it to Jesus. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.